Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. Yo. Josh, hey man, it's Luke. What's up, dude? Do you know what the hardest part of doing 30 Pop is? <laughs> no, what's that? It's that I'm always looking back exactly 30 years of what was happening, and so I never get to talk about some of the movies we loved from the early 80s. Yeah. So today I rewatched one of our childhood favorites. What's that? The Flight of the Navigator. Do you remember that movie? I'm trying to remember it. I remember the name. Come on. I remember Neverending Story. I remember no. Iron Eagle. <laughs> no, all classics, but not the movie I'm talking about. <laughs> it's about a kid who looks just like the kid from E.T. He falls into a ditch. He wakes up. He goes home and like eight years have passed, but he doesn't know. He's been in a spaceship. No. Oh, my gosh. I don't know that I've ever seen it. <laughs> you have. We rented it all the time. I'm amazed right now. I remember the boy who could fly. No. <laughs> Also a great movie. <laughs> Not it. Uh, man, here I thought I was going to get to share a moment with my big brother. And no. <laughs> Not going to happen. That's incredibly disappointing. I guess I'll just have to keep talking about the 90s. All right. Excellent. All right. Thanks for nothing. Anytime. I'm always here. I'll see you. <laughs> All right. Later, dude. From Mill U Media Group, this is 30 Pop. A weekly peek back at the music, movies, sports, fashion, politics, and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Bronner. This is Season 2, Episode 32. Happy trailers to you. Today we're looking back at the week that ended Saturday, August 11, 1990. Hello friends, welcome again to 30 Pop. I've got a very brief episode for you today as we begin to move out of the excitement of new summer 1990 blockbusters releasing every weekend and into a bit of a lull, as always tends to happen this time of year. In 1990, it wasn't so much that movies stopped releasing, it was more that great movies stopped releasing. The films that were coming out each week for the rest of the summer and early fall weren't bad per se. I even have pretty fond memories of some of them. But they didn't make a splash at all, really, nor did they prove to be terribly memorable over time. But considering there was almost nothing else of note happening in pop culture this week in 1990, we'll talk about those relatively forgettable films anyway. The first, which released on August 10th, 1990, had all the makings of a cinematic success, including a great big budget relative to just about everything else that was being released at the time, and two of Hollywood's most in-demand leading men, but was ultimately a flop financially. American manpower. There are no American combat troops in, in Laos. See, I put it here, but the map doesn't show a town here. Well, then I guess we're not actually here. And we don't 
really run 400 flights a day out of here. Or ship 100 tons of cargo, medicines, weapons. Why are they shooting at us? Because they're unfriendly. Why is everyone so unfriendly? Well, they haven't got to know us yet. I don't want to crash twice in one day. Don't worry. I crash better than anyone I know. Why don't you go first? No, I don't want to go first. Hey, okay, I'll go first. No, I don't want to go no, second. All right, go toss the coin. Tails. It's heads, isn't it? That's tails. No, I'll take it. Mel Gibson. Robert Downey Jr. Anything, anywhere, anytime. That's our motto. Well, it would be if we actually existed. That's right, but we don't. Air America. A few fun facts about Air America. Originally cast in the role of Gene Ryak, Mel Gibson's character, was the one and only Sir Sean Connery. And among those considered for the role of Billy Covington, Downey's character, were Kevin Costner, Tom Cruise, Bill Murray, and Jim Belushi, each of whom sounds like a worse fit for the part than the one before him. The film had a budget of around $35 million, which was nearly twice the budget of most everything else releasing around that time. But now, 30 years later, it still only recouped about $31 million of that. That's about half as much as the film that was number one at the box office this week in 1990, the Kiefer Sutherland, Julia Roberts, and Kevin Bacon sci-fi horror drama, Flatliners. Today's a good day to die. Flatline. 30 seconds to go. Can you recall any specific emotion or sensation? No, but there is something out there. We're running out of time. 300, clear. Nothing. You're hot, go again. Clear. Nothing, I can't hear anything. Come on, Nelson. Freeze. We lost him. No! Batman. I'm going next. Two minutes. Two ten. Was there anything negative about your experience? This is too weird. We've experienced death. Now somehow we brought our sins back physically. They're pissed. That is not hallucination and it is not possible. Oh my god. You withheld information that's the same as lying. You wouldn't have done it. At least we would have had a choice. They're not real. <laughs> hey, come on, they're your sins. Live with them. I do. No! Nelson, please! I thought I paid my dues! Thank you for the nightmare. No! Come on, Joe! Starting CPR! 1-1000! Flatliners. Some lines shouldn't be crossed. Here we have another example of a movie I have no idea how I was able to see as a kid, given the rules that existed in my home, but I definitely did. I remember liking it too, although revisiting that trailer I'm a little surprised by that as well. I was never and am still not a fan of horror-ish things. I know there are people who enjoy the feeling of being scared. I am the opposite of those people. I don't like it. I don't like being startled. I don't like being creeped out. I don't like being on the edge of my seat. But for one reason or another, I liked this movie. That being said, I remember practically nothing about it today outside the general plot. Five medical students taking turns assisting one another in murder suicides and then reviving one another and comparing notes. No matter, the film converted a $26 million budget into a $60 plus million return and spawned a reboot in 2017 starring Ellen Page and, ironically, Kiefer Sutherland again, this time in a completely different role. So, Good for them. 
The only other movie that released this week in 1990 that's even remotely worth mentioning, and it may not even be that, is the neo-noir mystery The Two Jakes, directed by and starring Jack Nicholson. A sequel to the presumably far superior Roman Polanski-directed 1974 film Chinatown. Here's what I can say about this film. Based on the extraordinarily long, sleep-inducing trailer I sat through on YouTube and have linked for you in the show notes, I will never, ever, ever see it. I don't care if it's the most critically acclaimed film of Jack Nicholson's career, and it's not. The trailer almost made me mad at how mind-numbingly boring it is. You should definitely watch it. I have to assume, though, that the trailer is actually a perfect advertisement for the movie meaning the movie is as bad as it looks, because this one only recouped about half of the $19 million it cost to produce. I find it remarkable that Nicholson's very first film, following his iconic portrayal of the Joker in the 1989 Tim Burton masterpiece that is Batman, was this. Hard pass for me. As for music news, there's not much to mention, as all the charts looked exactly the same this week as last week, with only one exception. Mariah Carey's Vision of Love continued its new reign as the top song on the Hot 100 chart, but also claimed the number one spot on the Hot R&B and Hip Hop chart. Besides that, the West Coast Rap All-Stars and Dan Seals were still number one on the Hot Rap and Hot Country charts, respectively, and MC Hammer still had the top album in the country. The major headlines this week weren't really connected to pop culture at all. As on August 7th, 1990, President George H.W. Bush ordered the organization of Operation Desert Shield in response to Iraq's invasion of Kuwait on August 2nd. That operation would escalate into Desert Storm just a few months later, in January of 1991. Besides that, there really wasn't much else happening in the world, at least not within the realm of what we discuss on this show. But before I take off, I do want to give you a quick update from last week's Lines, Lyrics, Logos, and Slogans-themed 30 Pop Trivia Night. The update? It didn't happen. That's right, I wound up needing to call an audible at the last minute and postpone the event until August 19th, so there's still time to register and make plans to play. In fact, in hopes of motivating you to go ahead and sign up in advance rather than waiting till the last possible minute, which seems to be the MO for so many of our regular players... If you sign up before the end of this week, as of this recording, Saturday, August 15th, I'm going to provide you with a cheat sheet for five questions. If you sign up by Tuesday, August 18th, I'll provide you with a cheat sheet for three. So definitely sign up as soon as possible. I promise you a really fun time. Friends, thanks as always for listening to this episode. And an extra special thanks for those of you who've chosen to join the neighborhood we're building over on Patreon. I'm thrilled to have a few new patrons this week, including sweet Sherry Barnes, who is not only the mother of my lifelong best friend, Nathan Schartz, rest in peace, but also, no kidding, the inspiration for the 1984 Steve Perry classic, Oh Sherry. Seriously-ish. Although he did misspell her name, the big dope. Over the next 12 weeks, my business partner and I are doing our very best to add 12 new neighbors to our Patreon community. So, if you want to be one of them and enjoy behind-the-scenes and bonus content from this and other MillU Media Group podcasts for as little as $1 a month, please take a couple minutes to visit the Patreon link in the show notes. That's all I've got for you today, friends. I'll be back next week. Until then, keep these words in mind from Kiefer Sutherland's character in Flatliners, Nelson Wright. Everything matters. Everything we do matters. 30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Bronner. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. 
To check out more shows from Mill U Media Group, visit millumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 1990 that you want to share on the air, email 30poppodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>